This podcast represents the individual opinions of Dr. Dimitri Bick, Dr. Stefan de Graff, Dr. Suzanne Mignon, and the guests. It should not be taken as medical advice or an establishment of standard of care. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Please don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe, but more importantly leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Reviews not only help us grow listeners, but also help us grow as a show, improve our content, and make us better. Belichick. Oh, how I miss you. I just want to kiss you. They just got rid of you. Oh, Bill Belichick. You didn't flatten that ball. It was Tom Brady. You didn't spy gate. You didn't deflate gate. He's innocent. So why fire him? When it should have been Mr. Crowd. Oh, Bill Belichick. As long as you cut the check. Fight the wrong man. Why fire him? They called it a dynasty. He got seven Super Bowls. Old Bill Belichick. He made me the man I am. Old Bill Belichick. Why fire him? Yeah, that's the Bill Belichick. Hope y'all like that. Yeah, yeah. So we were actually going to do kind of a serious opening segment today because it sounds like Draymond Green truly had a mental health breakthrough uh, with Adam Silver when he came back from suspension. And then we had the week that we had with Nick Saban retiring and Bill Belichick getting booted. Um, well, Bill Belichick deciding to part ways. He parted, yeah, sure. he yeah, parted sure. ways. Of course, he and, did. It's all about the wording. Pete Carroll retired, and Mark, Mike Rabel got fired, and then our just best friend <laughs> Chandler Jones sings that song, and then Stephen A. Smith goes on a tirade and just uh-huh. eviscerates Jason Whitlock. Uh, Spolster gets a brand new long-term contract like the day after his divorce is finalized. There you go. <laughs> because it it had to be the day, the after, day after his divorce, his divorce is finalized. Yeah. And how are you been, as a woman? I think you've <laughs> been in the clause. I would like to read the the fine print of his of that contract. It had to be the day I, after the divorce. If, if I were her lawyer, I would be so mad, so <laughs> mad. And then uh, a Gambian soccer's team plane loses loses pr- uh, pressure and oxygen air, which is one of my phobias of all time. There's a new jellyfish UFO UAP video that came out from a military jet, which apparently. Is related now to the Miami Bayside alien. (laughs) This thing apparently not only in the video was flying and having a heat signature, but it 
it dipped down into the water, stayed there for 15 minutes and came out of the water and like flew out into like the sky and people are losing their mind over it. And then of course, yesterday night happens uh, where I am located right now. In Kansas City, as you can see behind me, I'm freezing. Brr. Of course, we're an audio podcast. And nobody's going to get that joke because no one's going to be able to see me through a radio. But I guess we'll throw this up on YouTube or something. Um, it was the third coldest game by wind chill and the fourth coldest game by air temperature. I think it was minus four or something, minus five at kickoff and minus mm-hmm. 30. Was um, it the first NFL game where a mustache got frozen on live television? Did you see? Did you see injury yeah. with mustache? This yeah. snot and was coming out. The of guy it. was. It he said snot. He said snot. I said ice. Just had ice all over. And was that what was it was? Because that's what. That's not. He, he was, he was wearing no gloves. Them. This guy was. He had no gloves on. That, that's look, why they won the game. There's a joke. There's a joke in there, but I'm not going to do that because we don't shame people on this on this podcast. I mean, we do, but I mean, you could do it. You could have been a reference to, you know who, you know. That, if the gloves don't fit, you must quit. I'm, that's not what I was gonna do. Not not like I was gonna go on that, but you know, it was look, a different angle. I much different. Angle. This is this is the same. This is the same team it's been. I, I think next year. I don't know if if it, it's not in for fantasy football. I don't know if I'm even. I would even watch football until December anymore because both of these teams in this market. Um, are just enormous disappointments and I'm, I'm hating my life now and I've infected the children with this disease and they see how miserable I am. But you know what? It doesn't even matter because we're a hockey town now and um, we're, we're the, the heat the heat had wrestled away this town from the Dolphins for 20 years and now the Panthers are going to wrestle that away from the heat. They are, they're on a bender. They just lost last night for the first time in 10 games. The the best part of last night, and I know it was terrible and awful, and I spent the entire second half playing poker, listening to the game through just what what we would old timey call the radio. Essentially, I went back to my impossible puzzle, which <laughs> is terrible. But what I discovered in the first half of that game is Geico brought back the caveman. They did. <laughs> I noticed that too. I was like, the caveman is back. I've missed that guy. I've missed that caveman back. And and they did it in such a great way. It's that he has like PTSD from doing these (laughs) commercials. And he's like, he's trying to get through it in therapy. And I don't like. We're not. We're not making fun of like the disease. This, but but the way they did it, (laughs) it's just so. No, no, they no, want me to participate in the documentary, no. but that's not what this is. <laughs> but yes, they brought that was clever. That was clever. It was noted. Um, Geico does the like they they're one of their marketing team. Man, we need them. We need a little Geico marketing team for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, can you guys spare a guy or two, please? Geico, just just one, just you one, know, just an, a an intern, maybe. Just the caveman. Intern. Maybe the resident caveman. The caveman yeah, will work. Yeah. I, I will play the caveman if that's what it takes. I'll like. I'll do. You're sitting there in the tundra anyway. So. Right, sitting as a double. Yeah. They got to be a double. Yeah. Sitting as a double. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm sitting in the tundra. Is there is there a temperature that you will not go out in at all? Like either side. 
Yeah. You, it doesn't. If it's 110 degrees, you're going to go to a Dolphins game. So yeah, and I've done that. So I lived in Arizona for a period of time, and it was 121 degrees the day I Jesus. moved there. And that whole bullshit about them saying it's a dry heat, and so it doesn't feel. It is a dry heat, though. High. Yeah, so it feels like your head is in an oven. And you get this blast of hot, dry air instead right. of humidity. That and I wound up with nosebleeds and my hair was dry and my skin was dry. And it was like, it was awful. So no, yeah. I won't do those extreme temperatures when there's no humidity, but I will do it. for the Humidity things. makes it so much worse. It does, yeah. but at least like your nose doesn't bleed and your skin doesn't dry out. Um, the thing about the Arizona, the desert heat that i noticed when i visited there is you don't even you don't really notice it until you're out of it that's what i've noticed is you're out of you're in it and it's like oh this is not so bad and then you get inside and you notice that you're completely sunburned like the sunburn doesn't hurt until you're out of it whereas the humidity sunburn you know you're getting it as you're getting it no, it's, yeah. the heat is super bad when it's that hot. And then it drops down during the night. Right. It's like you can't go swimming in the pools during the day in those temperatures because it's just so hot. And the water feels like a bathtub and it's not refreshing. So you're just inside in the AC the whole time. And then- But you would go to a Dolphins game in that in that weather. I've done it. And I sweat But what about the other I side? cooling towels and everything. So That's like- negatives it's pretty cold and i've been yeah, but but, but the, the things with negative you, you you can't you can dress accordingly you can put on many sweater you want but, that's right but but in, in you the can't take all your clothes off you can, exactly i was gonna say you can't go out naked but in miami in miami the florida man would the florida, florida man would do whatever he can Get the best opinions in the podcast industry. It's the Reluctant Sports Fan. Look at who we have with us. It's the Reluctant Sports Fan. Hello. She was our one of our first guests on our first show, and she vanished for nearly a year. But she is back. Back. And she is going to pick our NFL playoff games this week. Mm-hmm. And I know this show is coming out after these games are already played. So we are going to prove that we have done that we've done this actual before the playoffs segment before the playoffs have started. So we have an extra special guest today. Uh, Alexa, tell us the date and time today. It's Friday, January 12th, 2024 at 936 p.m. Thank you, Alexa. All right. Excellent. So, Maria. Yes. How much have you been following football this year? Uh, less than you think. All right. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to have Maria pick every week. We're going to have her pick the the money line. And then we're going to have her pick against the spread. And we're going to have her pick the total. And we're going to compare her against uh, a couple of industry insiders, NFL insiders. Do we need and we're to gonna disclaimer see disclaimer that we... 
are not responsible for any bets people make that they lose money on. <laughs> can I can I just point this out? Can I just point this out? Okay, yes, because we're we're professionals here. Do not use our picks. Do not use Maria's picks to <laughs> no, gamble on football. No, 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 and no, no. let me just tell you, if you're using Maria's picks to gamble on football, then you're a time traveler because this show is coming out after those picks are already over. So it's going to be impossible anyway. Let's do it. Maria's picking the games. All right. All right, Saturday, Ooh. tomorrow at 4.30, uh -huh. the Cleveland Browns oh. are favored, minus two and a half. Do you know what spreads and totals and money lines mean? What do you think? What do you think? All right, just for the record, I explained this to her like five minutes before we went on the air here. I don't know that she really retained any of this information, but we're going to go with the fact that she did. Oh, okay. So the Cleveland Browns are favored. Minus two and a half at the Houston. I was going to say the Houston Oilers, but it's the Houston Texans. The total was 44 and a half. Let's start with the money line. Who do you think is going to win the game outright? Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. Wait, can I get their season record? Yes, you can. The Cleveland Browns are 11 and six, uh -huh. and they are the number five seed in the AFC playoffs. Houston is 10 and seven, and they're the number four seed. Mm, this is hard. Okay. Um, cause they're playing at, you know In what? Houston. I'm, I'm going to say Houston. Houston is the money line winner. Now okay. Cleveland is favored to win the game minus two and a half points. Who is going to win against the spread? Well, you think well, Houston's going to win. Right. So you think right. Houston's going to win against the spread. That was a dumb question. So Houston, that was a dumb question. Houston plus two and a half and Houston money line. Now the total was 44 and a half over or under 44 and a half. Total points? Yeah, 44 and a half, over or under? I think the total score is going to be under. Under 44 and a half. Okay. Let's skip over to Sunday because we're gonna we're gonna save the best for last. We're save the best You've, disapp for last, right? You've disappeared into the snow. <laughs> Maria is gone. Okay. <laughs> She's frozen. There was an avalanche. An avalanche has consumed Maria. I'm back. She's back. In Buffalo too. That's what's gonna happen. Yes, there's lake effect snow in Buffalo. They were yeah. gonna move it to Cleveland. By the way, the ticket prices for the game in Kansas City are like 50 bucks. 45, 50 we can still go, Suzanne. We can still go. I think go. you should go and let me know how it is. I braved Buffalo last year, and thank God we had great weather while we were there. Um, I'm not. We're going to talk about this Sunday. We'll talk about it Sunday. Let's go. I'm not even going to talk about it. We'll talk about it Sunday. Let's go. Um, so Sunday at 1 p.m., the Pittsburgh Steelers, who you – have interacted with their fans before at the Buffalo Bills. Who is going to win the game outright? Buffalo. Boo. Boo. Now Buffalo is favored minus 10 points. So will Buffalo win against the spread minus 10 or will Pittsburgh keep it close? Mm, I think they're going to keep it close. So Pittsburgh plus 10. All right. Now the total is very interesting in this game. Right now it's 35 and a half. The, the total started at 42, oh. but because of the lake effect of the snow, snow it, it has oh. continuously dropped over the course of the, the last week. And now it's at 35 and a half. So over under 35 and a half in a foot of snow. Over. Oh, she's going against the grain. I love it. By the way, this kind of these kinds of games, this Kansas City I know and, and Buffalo, these kinds of snow games and these cold games were my favorite games when I was a kid. 
I loved watching cold weather games and their breath and everything. It was my favorite. I love this stuff. Because, of course, I grew up in Miami and all we got was like a thousand and you degree only games. wish for snow. Yeah, And I I grew only up in wanted the to snow see and cold the snow weather. was fun to play in. But when you're grown up, it's not fun to shovel. No, I get it. And then I went to college in Connecticut and I saw and I walked around in zero degree weather and then I realized, yeah, it's it's not so much fun. No, Not so not much fun. so much. Great Um, enough for fall, though. yeah, well, but for football, it's fantastic. Next, we've got Sunday at 430. Green Bay at Dallas, Green Bay Packers at Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is a seven-point favorite. Green Bay is the number seven seed. Dallas is the number two seed. Green Bay is nine and eight. Dallas is two and five at home. What do you mean two and I'm five? sorry, 12 and five. I was going Wow. to say, I was going <laughs> to say that's, 12 and that's five. bad. That's not very good to be the second seed. Yeah. 12 and five at home. Minus seven. Who is going to win the money line? Just the winner. Where are they playing? In Dallas. Cowboys. Cowboys. All right. And minus seven. They're giving a touchdown and an extra point. Sure. Sure? Sure. All right. And Dallas minus seven. The total is 48 and a half. That's a pretty big total. But, um, you know, good quarterbacks. Jordan Love, Dak Prescott, high octane offenses. Over. Over. So we got over. Okay. Sunday night, 8.15 p.m. Sunday night football, the Los Angeles Rams at Detroit Lions. It's the homecoming bowl. Jared Goff against his old team. Matt Stafford against his old team. Detroit, minus three and a half. Who's going to win outright? She has no idea Wow, what I'm talking I know about. nothing. You have no idea I what know I'm talking nothing about. what you just said. Jared Goff played for the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. and they lost that game. Matthew Stafford played for Detroit for years when they were terrible. He was traded to the Rams the for Rams. Jared Goff, and then he w and then he went to the Super Bowl with the Rams and won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So these two quarterbacks have history with both of those teams. Yeah. So it's the it's the homecoming bowl. Okay. That's what they call. It's a very important game. Plus, Because Detroit they're each playing hasn't won for their old teams. for their old teams, and and Detroit hasn't won a playoff game in thirty years. And they've been the worst franchise in football. They haven't won anything in like 70 years. Mm -hmm. Okay, So I need this is a to very know. important game. I need to know the season, The records? the record. So uh, L.A. is 10 and 7. Detroit is 12 and 5. Detroit is the number three seed. L.A. is the number six seed. So who's going to win outright? I'm just going by logic here. I'm going to say Detroit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Detroit is favored by three and a half against the spread. What do you got? So three and a half is a little bit more than a field goal. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the question. Are they going to win by more than three and a half? Are they going to win by four Oh, or more? yes. All right. Detroit minus three and a half. And the total is 51 and a half. Both of these teams have a pretty potent offense. Defenses, uh, a little bit. to be desired that's why the total is so high but it's the playoffs so Mm -hmm. It is. right Anything can happen. anything can happen 51 and a half is the total Uh, over? over over monday night football philadelphia eagles going to tampa bay 
Philadelphia kind of fell apart at the end of the season. They finished 11 and 6. Uh -huh. They lost their last four games. Uh. Actually, they lost four out of their last five. They tied one, which is just ridiculous. Okay. Um, and they actually, if you look really back, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, they lost seven of their last nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of their last nine. And they only beat the Giants in one of their last nine games. And then they tied the Browns. So they really fell apart at the end of the season. Tampa uh -huh. is nine and eight. They're really uh -huh. kind of average. So uh -huh. the Eagles you are number five. Tampa's number four. I'm going to give it to the Eagles. Okay. And even minus though, three. Even though I know what you say. And the Eagles are minus three on the road in the playoffs at Tampa. Are they going to win by three? Or more? Yes. Yes. So the Eagles minus three and the Eagles money line. 44 and a half is the total. Over. Over. Three overs and an under. And now we get to the big one. The big enchilada. The only game that really matters. The only game that absolutely <sighs> matters in this it's, world. It's your Miami Dolphins. <laughs> at the Kansas City Chiefs where we're located freezing our butts off. So cold. It's the it's going to be the fifth, the fourth or fifth depending on where the air temperature is at game time, either the fourth or fifth coldest game mm -hmm. in the history of the NFL by air temperature, the third coldest game by wind chill in the history of the NFL at minus 30 wind chill. It's Miami at KC. KC's a three and a half point favorite. Uh, Miami blew the number two seed uh, very yep. famously to Buffalo. Yes, you were there. Miami is 11 and six. KC mm -hmm. is also 11 and six. KC mm -hmm. is the number three seed. Miami is now the number six seed. Who you got on the money line? And don't try and spare my feelings. Yeah. I mean, I. She's going to say it. I, I want Miami to win. But you got Casey. I want Miami to win. Now, Casey's favored but, by three. You don't even have to say it. I know who you got. Casey's minus three and a half. Will they win by four points or more? In a No. So you got Miami plus three and a half. Yes. Okay. Now, the total is 43 and a half, which actually shocks me. Because mm -hmm. I could totally see this game being like 12 10. Exactly. I can see it very well. <laughs> or 16 or 3 or something like that. But it could be one point. Well, it no, could, you can't you, score. You can one never. Point. No, no, no. I know that. I mean, it could be a one point game. Oh, no. It could be like 14 yeah. 13. Yeah. But I don't even see very many touchdowns. But. But even kicking a field goal in one degree weather is like kicking a cinder block. The wind and the cold and everything. Yeah. going to be. I, I but maybe they'll warm up the ball. No, they can't do that. They can't do that. And then we're going to have they a whole deflate gate situation. And so remember that. Big scandal. Okay. So 43 okay. and a half, over or under? Under. So under. Two unders, three overs. Let's review. Saturday, Maria is on Houston, plus two and a half. Houston on the money line and under 44 and a half. She's got Miami, plus three and a half. Casey on the money line and under 43 and a half. I don't have Miami. Miami plus three and a half. Oh, yeah. And Maya and Casey on the They're money line. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, listen, I want Miami to win. So, not so much for you, but for the children. 
For yes, our, yes. That our children have now <laughs> been our children. our children have now been infected with fandom. <laughs> Good. Pittsburgh I at Buffalo. She's got Pittsburgh plus ten. The Bills on the money line and over thirty-five and a half. The Cowboys minus seven and over forty-eight and a half. The Rams at Detroit. She's got Detroit minus three and a half. Detroit on the money line, obviously, and over 51 and a half. Philadelphia minus three, Philadelphia on the money line, and over 44 and a half. Those are the picks. Maria's being swallowed up by the snow. <laughs> the avalanche comes over. It just got her. Now she disappears. She's, she's been swallowed up by the Kansas City snow. So we promised everybody we were going to do the Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Kimmel thing last week. So let's do the Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Kimmel thing from last week. I don't, uh, you know, everybody has a take on this. Everybody has their own opinions about what he said and Jimmy Kimmel's response. And we're going to have our own thing. But we'll, the direction we want to go in is whether or not uh, we have um, mental health uh, takes on whether or not conspiracy theories are good or bad for society. And I've got my own takes on this. And I think you're going to be able to figure out exactly where they are. But um, so briefly to kind of summarize what happened uh, in case you've been under a rock for the last, I don't know, two weeks to a month in February, um, Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee, uh, the Pat McAfee show and said, uh, which he does every week and said that the recent rash of alien sightings, uh, that were coming out were a distraction from the Epstein, what's known as the Epstein list which has all of these people, all these famous people that might have been involved in the Epstein Island or whatever situation. Jimmy Kimmel went on his show and made fun of that and said that, you know, the kooks and the wackos like Aaron Rodgers needed to go back into concussion protocol. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers got offended by that and upset. <laughs> and then so he went back on Pat McAfee a couple weeks ago, and then he said this. Do with the Epstein list that came out? <laughs> feels like, <laughs> feels like. That's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out soon. Look, this guy's been it's waiting in his wine people. cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine <laughs> cellar for this thing. <laughs> a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't Please. <laughs> All right. All right. Obviously, a clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Uh, Whenever Aaron brought up the, the list and then Jimmy mocked him for it, Aaron has not forgotten about that, but here we are sitting right in front of that nice bottle of scotch. What do you say? I'm waiting to celebrate something. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, something he's been waiting That's for that. Hey, I'll tell you what, if that list comes out, I definitely will be popping And yeah, it was cut off, but he said he'll be popping a bottle. I, you know, let me let me just celebrate. I, I, don't think, I don't think Aaron Rodgers understood that Jimmy Kimmel does a comedy show. If everyone Jimmy Kimmel mentioned his show would get offended, then there would be a every single day news cycle. But it's they a do. Comedy, it's a yeah, but it's a late night comedy but show. They do. Yeah, but they do. <laughs> they do get offended. That 
But they, they don't. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a comedy show. Yeah. It's like a roast. You, you've been to roast, right? It's like a roast night. Yeah, but they don't. I don't think they see it that way, because yeah. usually in roasts, the person that's getting roasted has chosen to be roasted. Yeah. I know. I agree with you, but here we are in the situation that we're in now with identity, everything, and then lawyers got involved. Yeah, Nick Wright, who is a uh, yeah, that's right, who's a. <laughs> uh, a sports broadcaster he he does tv um he has his own podcast he came out and he had this take on what has happened to aaron Rodgers. and the reason i'm playing this from nick wright and um i'm I'm gonna play another clip or two from him after this but the reason i wanted to, to play this is because he had a really good analogy of what this what this kind of is there may not be a precedent for this situation um in in sports the story is aaron Rodgers, who is undeniably one of the most famous athletes in america today arguably the single most powerful player in the single most powerful league we have has crossed the rubicon from wacky conspiracy theory guy to malignant force in the culture and nobody seems to have batted an eye no we are if 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 steph curry went on the dan patrick show and just casually said you know implied that i mean julia roberts murdered somebody and seemed serious about it I don't think the story would be, is this going to affect Dan's relationships with Julia's movie studio? I think the story would be, what the hell happened to Steph Curry? But because Rogers has been slow dripping this, and while doing it, has gathered his own almost army of internet supporters. That's His point here is that we're focusing on the wrong situation. We're focusing on like what the hell happened to this guy uh, because he's been, it's it's almost like he's been corrupted into this rabbit hole of YouTube paranoia and it happens to people we know, it, doesn't it? So wait, so I'm not following. You're saying that he he, he alluded that Aaron Rodgers is doing this as a master plan that is- No, it's that he's, it's that, this is a this is I, the analogy, right? If Steph Curry went on and suggested that Julia Roberts murdered someone, oh, right, 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 Patrick, right, right, we'd be right, like, right. "What happened I to see. Steph Curry? Where did it get this?" And yeah. but but because Aaron Rodgers kind of like he first the first thing was, "Oh, I don't want to get a vaccine because vaccines are yeah." The government is trying to control us with vaccines, and we're like, "Well, that's weird." But maybe he's just Aaron Rodgers had strayed I, from the norm of thinking, and. Now, when he says things, it's different than if Steph Curry would say something. Because it's not out of the blue anymore. It's sort of yeah, like... It's, it's, it's become and, mainstream. Right. It becomes mainstream. Right. And and he's gathered this the, the supporters who have made this kind of thinking mainstream. Right, right. And so now every time you come out come at him with, well, that's that's weird, Aaron. That's like, outrageous. Why do you believe Sorry. that? It's well, you don't like me because I'm in, I don't like vaccines, and that's why you're attacking me. Right, right. As opposed to no, what you, like, this, this is a weird idea. So whatever crazy things you said out there, it's not it's not it's not crazy. It's just that it's uh, an opinion of a group of people, 
it's a mass, you know, opinion that he's being a correct person for it. Correct. It's, it's, yeah. it's, I'm talking for the, for, and, and we're going to have a clip of him saying that. Right. Exact that thing. So, so um, yeah. Let me, let me play the Jimmy Kimmel response. Jimmy Kimmel, uh, after he, after Aaron said the thing about Epstein, him being on the list, um, Jimmy Kimmel tweeted at him, you know, I'll see you in court or something to that effect. And, uh, it is kind of blew up into something. And so Jimmy Kimmel's first show after that, he had to have a response, but it's got to be funny, right? Because it's a comedy show, as you said, Steph. Did you yeah. see the whole, did you see it? He, he, no, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll take the, the, you know, I understand what you're saying. It was not funny at all. It became very no. personal mm-hmm. after I, I would have said what he said. It became personal. So his response to Rogers was not comedy. It was, I'm going to hit you back. Did you see it, Suzanne? No, I saw clips. Yeah, it became snippets, not funny not at all. Movies. Did yeah. you think it was funny? No. I thought it was very personal. No, I didn't think it was funny either, except for the, the he got two A's and they were both in the name. Yeah. Aaron. Yeah. That That's the only part that was funny. And like, I get it. Like, he can't be funny. Like, he can't do his own job. I bet they have like, what, 15 writers or something? I bet they all came in the room because no. the assignment was Aaron Rodgers, Go. Right. And they all came in with a bunch of jokes. Jimmy came in with a bunch of jokes and they all came into the, the writer's room as they usually do. And there's, there's five other guys in suits standing there and they're all like, who are these guys? And they're like, three of them are lawyers and two of them are from corporate. And they're like, all right, guys, let's hear the jokes. And they went around the room and they're like, no, can't have that one. 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 All right. Yeah. The, uh, the two ways in Aaron is fine. And this one's fine. This one's fine. I got, and that and that's what you got. Yeah, I mean, I have a different take. I think Jimmy Kimmel is a is a funny person, but that episode was not funny because it was him defending himself. It became personal. Usually, but don't you think the lawyers don't... got a hold of that? Of course, of course, sure. because he, he he went he went to he went to battle. He went to battle against somebody else. It's not it's not it was not a, a normal night for him. He went. I'm gonna respond back to somebody else. It became him being a subject of his own show. But that's that's part of the I can't go out and I can't say what I want thing because mm-hmm. I'm worried that I'm gonna get sued for saying something mean. Yeah, you know? and, and that's funny. And, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a you know a, a reference to Stephen A. Show because he said in in his rant that this is not ESPN. This is my show. This is my podcast. Right. I can say that's right. And he went on. He was you know profanity filled rant about mm-hmm. things that you should not say on TV or radio if you care about your job. And he was like, I don't care about this. It's in my podcast. And he went on and, he, you know, to, the, to, to, your, to your point, Jimmy Kimmel could never do that. That's right. Because it's not no. his, it's, it's not it has his, his name on it, but it's right. not his show. It's not his show. Right. right. Here's the biggest clip of him talking about Aaron Rodgers. There's a little bit of preamble before that. But basically, this is, this is the meat of the response. Judge for yourself. Aaron Rodgers has a very high opinion of himself because he had success on the football field. He believes himself to be an extraordinary being. He genuinely thinks that because God gave him the ability to throw a ball, he's smarter than everyone else. The idea that his brain is just average is unfathomable to him. We learned during COVID, somehow he knows more about science than scientists. A guy who went to community college, then got into Cal on a football scholarship and didn't graduate, someone who never spent a minute studying the human body is an expert in the field of immunology. He just put on a, he put on a magic helmet 
and the, that G made him a genius. It's... Aaron got two A's on his report card. They were both in the word Aaron, okay? <laughs> and can you imagine that this hamster-brained man thinks he knows what the government is up to because he's a quarterback doing research on YouTube and listening to podcasts. I looked it up. This is actually a thing. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Yeah, we did a thing on the Dunning-Kruger effect, too, and stuff like that. They call this, they call what he did education shaming. I mean, I mean, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and then it's a joke. I get it. But, it, it, you know, I could feel that there was, there was some, you know, mal maliciousness in it or malefficient intent into it. Um, was it, and, though? I, I think it, it was like... more. It, it, it was much more pointed. His comments, I, you know, it was very. When you listen to it, it's not like his usual line of roasting. It was very pointed. Yeah. It was very. It was said with emotion behind it. You could hear it I agree. in his voice. Yeah, um, you know, and granted, because people hear something Aaron Rodgers says and then he gets implicated in it. And of course you're going to feel some type of way about that, especially when the allegations aren't true, as he said. I agree. And, well, and, I, and, I, and I go further. I don't think Jimmy Kimmel would react to something Ian Rogers said if he didn't have that much following. Ian Rogers has a lot of following. He's a conspiracy theorist. People obviously. listen to him. People believe about what he says. So that's why Kimmel got, got offended. Well, if yeah, that's other, what Nick Wright said too. Right. It's because that guy moved masses, right? But, okay, but they call this they call this education shame, and he was a little bit harsh, the hamster brain stuff. But, like, okay. And this this is, you know, people, people say these kinds of things and all this stuff, and the retort is always, you know, they call us stupid. They, you know, they say we're dumb, and, and that's sort of what Jimmy Kimmel did and implied that. But um, how do you explain to someone that they don't know what they're talking about because they don't understand something without telling like, them that they, they without are. without without implying that they're dumb. ignorant or dumb or 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 make I, them I feel like their their intelligence is being attacked because I know how well you're not a doctor so why should I listen to you uh, oh well you're saying I'm dumb and I don't know yes I'm not saying you're dumb about globally but you don't understand what you're talking about how do you do that you do that because then they're going to say, "Well, you're attacking me because I'm no, dumb." No, you you do that straightforwardly without making a joke, without mentioning the indication. You just put them in the fact you don't know this point blank, you know. Period. You don't even make a joke about it. You could have said, "You have not read anything. You don't have any insight into that, so you are completely ignorant about the matter." You don't have this to is, say. But this you is the victim to, thing. I, I I think if you had left the education part out of it, like, oh, you went to whatever, second year, college, whatever, um, I, I think it would have been fine. The fact that he put his education into it made it, you know, it's salty. But I, I think that there's a way to say things. And yes, you know, I think he tried to be funny with the education shaming, but I also think it was done as a personal attack on Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't just a joke as if somebody's being roasted. Okay. I think I whatever think he, he had to say without saying that they're stupid is I don't think you have all the information to make such a conclusion. So. Yeah. And it, it could have been serious and said, I'm going to have my lawyer look into it. And that's it. Point me, that's allegation that you don't have any 
And you can't say, say that on a comedy show. Problem. That's not funny. Once you say, I'm going to have my lawyers look into this and respond. The public then sees that almost as an admission of guilt. Exactly. Because then, then it's yeah. like, oh, I did it. People, and then, you know, it's like, yeah. And then people assume and then it yeah. goes in. So you you either pick one route, you either go to the serious SWAT like you did in, in Twitter. I'm not gonna say X in Twitter, or you don't do anything on Twitter and you do it as a joke. Now, you cannot do both. Let me play the explanation here because I want to make this relatively fair. Although when you're playing the victim, they're never gonna feel like you mean the explanation the from from Rogers? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> after okay, yeah, okay, because um, they're they're always gonna feel people that feel attacked are always gonna feel attacked. Anyway, this is. Aaron Rodgers now, after the Jimmy Kimmel jokes, coming back, back on Pat McAfee a week later, trying to, quote unquote, explain himself. I thought he made it worse. Then we, we fast forward to this last week, right? And I said that a lot of people, and I'm quoting myself here, a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't come out. End quote. That's what I said. That's the entire quote. Okay, I was referring to the fact that if there is a list, which again, this hasn't come out yet, this was just a deposition, right? And there are names on it, then that would be the second time that a soft brain junior college student, you know, wacko, anti-vax, anti-Semite, purveyor, spreader of misinformation, conspiracy theorist, MAGA, whatever other things that have been said by him and other people in the media would be right twice. Now, let me just say that that, that is the truth, number one. Number two, I totally understand how serious an allegation of pedophilia would be. So for him to be upset about that, I get it. Did you watch the quote? Because that's exactly what I said, verbatim what I said on the show. Okay, I'm not stupid enough, even though you think I'm an idiot and you made a lot of comments about my intelligence, but I'm not stupid enough to accuse you of that with absolutely zero evidence, uh, concrete evidence, it, that's ridiculous. So I'm glad, and I think we can agree on something, is that uh, one, those crimes are heinous, and two, I'm, I'm glad you're on the list because those, those who are on the list, and this is what I think we can agree on, that at minimum, there should be an inquiry into uh, their involvement, especially if they went to the island, and at maximum, there should be um, an investigation into it. Yeah, the thing is like six minutes long. He uses heinous like ten times. But have you have you ever used heinous in your life that much? I don't think I've even used that word in, in forty seven years that many times. I've had to use it in death penalty cases when they've used heinous that aggravated I've, factor. I've only, one of the uh, aggravating factors is that uh, the crime okay. was heinous atrocious. I've only heard that word so, so many word times. Comes out. If you watch SVU. That's where I, I hear that terms in the, you know, in the introduction. And that's how, you know, a lawyer wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> a lawyer handed that, handed him a piece of paper with a paragraph on it and said, remember this eight million times, memorize this and read it. And he's like, uh, and he was like trying to remember it overnight and couldn't remember it and remember like a few words from it. Like, I'm not stupid enough to accuse you. Because that, that's like the you, like, that was the one it's, that was, you know, you know what, what, and, and heinous, and it's a heinous crime. And, that's speculation. Give Aaron Rodgers. Right. But, but I, 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 find, I find it interesting in that part that you played that he, he acknowledges that Jimmy Kimmel was rightfully so. 
upset due to an allegation of pedophilia. Right. Well, but again, yet again, yet again, he made the allegation. Right? He said, <laughs> I, he said, I, I didn't yes. say, no, point blank, no, straightforwardly, but I alluded to it. <laughs> right. He he recapped everything, said yeah. that wasn't what I said, and then yeah. you know. Yeah, he basically said, I, I, he, I'm sorry I said it, you know, the lawyer. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, I would never say that without any concrete evidence, concrete evidence. It's it's the lawyer paragraph at the end was mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but but look, here this is and this is now to me kind of the meat of this because media and and, and I want to give Aaron Rodgers credit here in this next clip is because he's not right, but he's also right in this next clip because he goes into the victim card thing. They call me names. They do this thing. They want to get rid of me because they don't agree with me. And he's that that's the part where he's not wrong is that, but he's not wrong, but he's not entirely right either. And, and this country sort of split into this, you're either wrong or you're right. And you can be both wrong and right within the same point. And he goes into this thing about, <clears throat> if people don't like your opinion, they will try and go and cancel you or tell you that you are terrible or they'll try and go and get you fired or something like that. That's true. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, well, if your opinion's only not mainstream, they're going to make you do that. And that's not true. It is true to a degree. Yes, if your opinion's not mainstream, there are certain people that will try and do that. But your opinion doesn't have to be all only main, not mainstream. You can have other opinions, um, and and that will happen too. So it's not that quite like that either. Um, there is an era of cancel culture, but there is an era of victim culture too. It's whenever I say something that uh, is not that great, and people call me out on the thing I said that that's not, not that great. Um, it's I'm being canceled. And but you see, I have a different take. I mean, if you're in that space and if you're welcome in that space that you want to say things out loud in public because you have a show, you should be able to take the consequences. What you say have implication. People will not 100% agree with what you say. It's a, it's fine. I mean, if I had this position and I would be talking about things that I don't know, I should be expecting half of the people that hear me would be upset and the other half would be in agreement in agreement with me. That's part of the deal, man. You can't Agreed. have you can have everything at once. You Agreed. have to take what it comes with. Except calling someone a pedophile. That's it. That that's the limit of that. You agreed with everything you said. He can say whatever he wants up to the point we're calling someone a pedophile. But I will. I'm going to argue that what you your point right now is a little dangerous. Um, but let's play this this mm-hmm. what I call the victim clip. Um, you guys be the judge of it. This is this is the game plan of the media, and this is what they do. They try and cancel. You know, it's, and it's not just me. It's it's nowhere near just me. I mean, if you look at all the different people who've been uh, censored from the internet during, especially during COVID, um, the canceling that went on, the censorship, using the government to try and censor people that happened. Um, and if that doesn't work, then they go to name calling. I mentioned a lot of the, the names that I've been called and they don't stick because I'm not anti-vax. I'm interested in uh, informed consent and things that are in the best interest of my body. Uh, I'm not a MAGA. <laughs> I've never had any affiliation with anybody associated with that movement. Right. Which is OK if you are, though. 
like there's different opinions all over the place, right? If you're if you're that's your ideology, that's fine. I'm not a super political person. Okay, do whatever you want. Uh, conspiracy theorists, that's fine, because if you look at the track record of conspiracy theorists in the last few years, they've been right about a lot of things. So I don't care about that one. Anti-Semite, that was called. I mean, that that's just like this is their game plan. They use these words to cancel people. And they went and ran with this because it's the crazy anti-vaxxer wacko again talking about, you know, accusing somebody of being a pedophile. Like, of course, this is the game plan that they use. Incorrect. But um, that's the, that's the, the environment that we're in. You know, we're there's uh, a lot of people who have been captured by various, you know, entities, government entities, whether we're talking about pharmaceutical industrial complex or whether it's talking about believing that the government has a better interest in mind and we're puppeting, um, you know, various narratives. In the end, if you are not someone whose opinion aligns with the mainstream narrative, this is what they're going to do with you. And it's, it's not me. I'm not a victim. I don't give a shit. Say whatever the hell you want. Off the bat, I've got two questions. First, who, do, who thinks that Evan Rogers has ever been canceled? He's on on all social media, even after what he said, he's still talking on mainstream media. Second, what's that track record that conspiracy theorists have been right about a lot of things? I'd like to see that track record. Which conspiracy has been proven true? There's some evidence that the government does spy on us. That one was proven. Yeah, because when you speak a word in your Instagram, you get the the product that you mentioned on your ads because you didn't put your... No, no, no. I mean like the government. I know. Yeah, yeah. And your, your tech is interesting. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Call you cons- uh, call you but he also says Those that two. he's not a super political person, but all of the topics that he is yeah, talking about publicly are political He goes on a, a two-minute rant about not about being a victim and at the end says he's not a victim. Yeah. Um, he's, he, he's he says... He's you know. He's a constant dichotomy. Crazy. And, and I think this this goes to what you were talking about too, Dimitri, where you said a person is wrong and right at the same time. And you know, when people are saying these beliefs mm-hmm. that may have basis and may not have a whole lot of basis behind it, they're right in the group that believes the same things that they do. And they're the ones that help perpetuate this rightness and these ideas and continue these ideas, some with evidence to support and some without any evidence to support. And then the wrong part is everybody who doesn't ascribe to those beliefs. And that's just human nature. You're going to have what we call the in-groups, out-groups, and you know what, right. what the in-group believes, yeah. that's the right way of thinking. And, and I'm going to go even further to, 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 to catastrophize this a little bit. How do you think extremism starts? Somebody has a conspiracy idea, and they find a group that believe in it, and it expands and expands, and 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 they create an alternative belief, and they all buy in. That's how you get people to be extremists, right? So yeah, it's well, a dangerous let me get idea. To this article. That's right. Let me and and that's, that's a good segue. Let me get to this article, um, and why and and why these are dangerous. Um, it's an article by Karen Douglas from the University of Kent. Uh, why conspiracy are, are conspiracy theories harmless? And I'm just going to list them the positives and the negatives um, in this article. And I'll link it um, in the YouTube video that comes out with this article. The, the positives that have been found, it promotes a sense of community with marginalized groups, opens political debate, increases accountability, encourages transparency, 
inspires people to mobilize towards collective goals with the intention to bring about social change, which I would argue is actually a negative, to be honest with you. But they're arguing it's a positive, an attempt to understand social and political realities. And and when I say they, what I'm saying is that she uh, curated a bunch of articles. Uh, she isn't arguing for any of these positions. But I will also argue that any of those positives are, are vastly outweighed by the negatives. And again, I'm just going to list them here. Radicalization, and it becomes a radicalization multiplier. So it not only brings in people for radicalization, but when they're already in there, they further radicalize them while they're already radicalized. So people, people that are more predisposed to conspiracy theories agree with the statement that violence is sometimes an acceptable way to express disagreement with the government. Cough, cough, <clears throat> January 6th. <clears throat> cough, cough. Yeah. Which is why I think that the inspire people to mobilize towards collective goals with the intention to bring about social change is not a positive. It's actually a negative. Uh, prejudice, more likely to have negative attitudes towards outgroups, science denial, and rejection of expertise and scientific findings, and workplace turnover, which is not something not something I expected. Behaving in conspiratorial workplace uh, ideas decreases job satisfaction and makes you more likely to quit um, and turn over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have the answer, you know, of, of everything, but I, I do think speaking freely have consequences. And that doesn't mean I want people to be censored, but I, there have to be some kind of, you know, limits. You can't, the words can be dangerous. That's it. We talk about the purpose that these things serve, and some of the research says that there are some psychological characteristics that are shared by people who buy into these theories, these conspiracy theories. And one of those is anxiety. And the thinking behind this is that these theories and then the sense of belonging to this group of people that all believe this way is almost like a scapegoat for their feelings of anxiety, whether it relates to political unrest, the unknown, the uncertainty about any of these issues. So that's one of the reasons behind why people believe in these theories as well, to yeah. really alleviate their own anxiety. I, I want to, we're basically out of time on this segment. I want to end on this other Nick Wright uh, clip from that same show and why he points out this is dangerous. And this is really why it's becoming even more dangerous because in the age of technology, you could actually make these conspiracies falsely true and he's talking about what's going on with this jimmy kimmel thing and people now are actually faking the documents and with deep fakes and stuff you can actually make political leaders say whatever you want so this is why they're even worse now because of the technology so this is uh the nick wright clip one of the greatest players we've ever seen in America's favorite sport, who plays in the biggest market, who has a bigger platform than any other player in the league, more power over his team than any other player in the league. That guy went on national television and casually threw out there to millions of people, hey, this guy that I don't like, probably a pedophile. That's what f***ing happened. And... Now, t this morning, when some of those Epstein docs were unredacted and released, what you have in the same corners of the internet are folks photoshopping documents, 
putting Jimmy Kimmel's name in them and saying Aaron was right. That is happening this morning already. Our guest today served as a security and intelligence covert operative. That means a spy. Has over 20 years of experience with government organizations, including the British Ministry of Defense, corporations, ultra high net worth and VIPs. He has a first class honors bachelor's degree in psychology. He's, earned, he's an expert in surveillance, anti-surveillance, statement analysis, mind control, neuro-linguistic programming and body language he's also written a book how to tell if someone's lying and two spy fiction novels his name is stone gavin stone <laughs> honestly gavin um in your I'm line of work and when you <laughs> i was gonna say i'm not even sure that's his real name <laughs> that's true that's true when you tell people what you've done and what your job is how many times do people say to you oh like james bond right how yeah, many times I, does that really happen so I, I get one of two reactions i either tell people what i do and they either turn around and go wow that must be so cool tell me all about it um or i get the the completely opposite reaction where they go nah i don't believe you <laughs> okay um so and, it's one or, it's one or the other and, and the people that don't believe you you're just like uh whatever yeah did they say uh, like tell me something juicy to prove it <laughs> um i i found and this is through experience that you you just can't prove it that the, the, it doesn't matter what you do or what you you can show them your contract off the home office you can show them your mod credentials you can show them you you can show them anything, and uh, they will the, the cognitive dissonance will kick in. It's like, yeah. no, that could be photoshops, that could be printed at the local printers. <laughs> so you just like, and and I think uh, online is even worse. I remember I put a, a first aid kit for sale online the once, and somebody said this has been stolen off an ambulance. I said, no, it's my own trauma pack, and and we we got into this great big. It ended up with the police coming round to find out if it was actually stolen or not. I said, if it was, do you really think I'd be daft enough to put it online for sale <laughs> so yeah i just i just like i leave them to it whatever yeah so how did you get into this profession I, i'd imagine it's not something that you just went on indeed and you know just was like oh look the british ministry of defense is looking for a spy well no i didn't I, in fact that so mi6 have actually got this thing now where you can actually apply direct but the, the traffic uh, is so high, especially every time a new James Bond movie comes out, and the chances <laughs> chances of getting getting even looked at uh, are just a million to one. Um, the lottery winning odds at best. Um, the usual way is is in every kind of college and university in the UK there is a a spotter. And it's their job solely to look out and source anybody who really stands out for that the ideal for MI6 or MI5 and give them a little tap on the shoulder uh, and introduce them to somebody from MI6 and say, look, you know, I think this would be a good fit. Um, yeah, obviously, they speak to MI6 first and say, look, this is the guy. What do you think? Shall we do the intro? So that's the, that's the usual way. But the truth of the matter is, and this goes for any intelligence community pretty much around the world, if, if the intelligence agencies have got a use for you, then you'll get a job. 
It's as simple as that. There's, there's like over a hundred kind of um, drone pilots in Nevada right now working for CIA. They're just civilians. So it, it, it's it's a case of like, you know, if, if they can use you, they'll employ you. So with me, it was, uh, I, I built my way up from the very, very bottom. I started doing investigations and fraud investigations and working for government departments and, and just literally built up to human intelligence gathering over a long period of time. Speaking of MI6 and James Bond, is there anything true or in real <laughs> life to what we see in movies in MI6, meaning all the toys and all the, the license and the phone call you pick up and somebody brings you a new suit? And <laughs> <laughs> um, So some of it is and some of it isn't. Uh, I mean, yeah, there is like a, you know, a Q department and there is uh, what they call a props department and that kind of thing. So you can uh, get the, 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 sometimes it's gadgets, sometimes it's just things that are, are used to kind of, cover your identity or whatever the case may be um but the whole the whole movie side of it the majority of it it's just for poetic license it's not it's not quite as it is in the movies and i I have said a couple of times on on these podcasts if you're going through a foreign country and you're in a car chase shootouts explosions and all the other things going on then you're doing a very bad job of your 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 job you know you've got it all wrong (laughs) so james bond is really bad at his job is what you're saying well, you know, what, what, can, what can I say? Because he, he, really he always gets the information in the end, you know? Well, he gets information, he gets the girls, he gets the car. Gets <laughs> oh, no, yeah. See, I didn't get an Aston Martin. I was really disappointed. <laughs> but you got the girls. No, I'm kidding. Well, you know, I've been lucky there in that department. <laughs> I, I, I listened to one of your uh, your other podcasts where you were talking about um, some of your the things that you did. and what and uh, especially this uh, the Russian railgun story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I was wondering, what's the biggest misconception between what people think you actually do, like on a daily basis, and what you actually do on a daily basis when you wake up? I think a lot of it is because of the Hollywood education of you know all the drama, gunshots, and the other side of it is it's very glamorized. You know, you got this whole Mister and Missus Smith kind of you know everybody has to be perfect at everything. You know, but it's kind of you know I've caught my car keys before I've dropped them kind of scenario. And and if I had a dollar for every time I tripped up, then I wouldn't need to work for the rest of my life. So you know the the the, the fact that you know uh, this kind of impression of of a spy is, is somebody that never makes a mistake, always gets every everything right instantly brilliant at everything they turn their hand to um that that's a fallacy what it is where they're looking for somebody who is teachable in in anything so you have to be able to pro- approach anything with an open mind so if, if you if you get like kind of tasked to become good at something you get a lot of people in in life that go oh i just can't do that and they give up and they don't understand the learning curve and and how to adjust and, and reapproach. So if you get to that level where, you know, you, you understand that if, if any human on the planet can learn it, then so can I. And that's your first big barrier. And and that's where, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody who's adaptable. What does what the training actually involve? Do they put Ooh. you through like a military training? You're running 10 miles a day, uh, so 15 the- books in a week. There's some paramilitary stuff. There is some man. Not it's not mandatory reading, but it's like recommended reading. Um, and there is um, when when I say recommended, it's like heavily recommended. Um, <laughs> like you better do it. Yeah, you want to read it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and there's a lot of you know there is the the bits and pieces where you you know you do have to shoot, you do have to drive, you do have to do hand to hand combat, you do have to know these things. But they're your kind of they're your safety net. They're not your go to. 
there's more time spent on the actual psychological side of things and, and the human element of learning how to get yourself into and out of situations, how to get yourself invited to parties or, or you know, win somebody over and, and kind of make friends, as it were. Oh, please do. Please do tell me how to do that because my wife tells me that my small talk is crap and I have <laughs> no idea how to like interact with people. Please do tell me how I, I can get her. invited to cocktail parties. Yeah, you uh, got married to her. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> some people got game, some people don't. <laughs> Did you say you can attest to that, Suzanne, by the way? Is that what you said? What? Yes, <laughs> Did you say because, you can attest to that? Yes, because we were at a party, remember, for the Wheel We've of We've been to parties game. together. Oh, and yes. Small talk yeah. sucked. Yeah. Okay, so help me out with small talk, Gavin, please. So the, the trick is, <laughs> from, from what I've been doing, and I actually learned this from a guy called Robin Drake, and he is just fantastic when it comes to small talk because he will ask somebody one simple question, you know, whether it's like, you know, where, what, what was your first job or whatever, um, and they'll go back to like, oh, my first job was a printer. And he'll just say, what inspired you to do that? And all of a sudden, it's a question that people don't get asked. And like, what, what did inspire me to do that? And they go back to a flood of memories. They go back in time. And, and it's a provocative question that gets them really thinking and gets them going. And then you can just, you can build on it so much from there because there will be somebody somewhere that will have seen something in you. And you say, so what did he see in you to give you that job above all other people, or what? Yeah, and and you can just keep kind of asking those questions of of your mentors and and your you know that kind of thing. And because the person's talking about themselves with good memories, it generally builds that rapport a lot faster. That's interesting. That's, That's uh, part of psychiatric training: is ask open-ended questions. Mm-hmm. Mm. Don't yeah. ask positive. No, don't ask closed-ended don't questions. Don't ask closed-ended yeah. questions. So, is part of the training learning languages too? Uh, so it it can be. It's not it's not essential. Um, and especially, I mean, CIA have a language program, and what they will tend to do is they will stick you somewhere that, um, if you're fluent in Chinese, they they will tend to look at what you're you're good at and say, okay, he's good at Chinese. Let's send him over to China. Um, on the other hand, if you are good at Chinese but they desperately need somebody in Kazakhstan, then they'll say, right, get onto the language program. You're going to go to Kazakhstan. You've got you know, X amount of time to learn that language and, and get over there. So how many do you know? Three or four. So I, I, I speak little tiny bit of uh, German, which I've forgotten more than I can remember. Uh, <laughs> a slight little bit of Russian, which I'm, I'm out of practice with my Russian. Oh. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I agree. So, I, I agree. I agree. That, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I agree with you too. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I'm not as good as I used to be, and and I you know, but uh, I'm still, still kind of uh, every now and again I go back revisit and brush up. Um, but yeah, what's uh, the third one? Third, third one, I, and again, is Spanish, but I've, I've forgotten more than I can remember because it, it keeps, I keep, it keeps coming back to me in the wrong order. And I can re never remember the difference between coffee and beer. So whenever I, <laughs> I don't know the difference either. And I live in and we live in South Florida. Like I don't know. I know. Yeah, you, you really should know it there, right? <laughs> you really should know Spanish. That's somebody knows. That's our resident Spanish speaker. There hey, we go. Hey, I'm gonna come to you for lessons. If, 
<laughs> if you go into another country and you don't know the language that well, how do you then do, do those skills to get invited? And what do you do in those situations? Luckily, English is spoken pretty much everywhere the majority of the time by so many people, which is great for me. It makes my life a little bit easier. But I do tend to try to learn some very basics to every country I go to, even if I forget it straight away afterwards, which I, I did with uh, Greece. I went to Greece. I learned enough Greek to get me by while I was there. Um, and now I come back and I can't remember a single word in Greek. I think maybe kebab, and that's about it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I'm, I'm in trouble if I have to go back. Well, speaking of languages, and, and I, I do see that you were trained in, in body languages. People mm -hmm. think, well, at least I think that learning body languages is mostly reading people. But in your line of work, did you have to also, not only reading people, but also act a certain way so people could be more comfortable around you? So how much of the reading and how much of your communicating with your body language mm -hmm. you had to do in your work? Oh, yeah, you, you do have to kind of give the, you know, project a kind of very confident, um, give a, a secure and safe environment uh, and, and give the impression that you can handle no matter what's thrown at you. Um, whatever comes your way, you can say, look, it's not going to be a problem. We can deal with this. You have, because the most important thing is about making that asset feel safe. Um, if, you're, if you're recruiting somebody to basically commit treason, um, depending on which country you're in, the, the, the consequences can be pretty damn severe. So they need to have serious amounts of confidence in your abilities. Uh, so yeah, body language, both reading and projecting is, is, is vital. How do you know the information you're getting from them is true? Uh, so if it's what they call single source information, then it, it, that can be a lot trickier. But generally what you will have is is that kind of, and it won't necessarily always be yourself, you'll have half a dozen assets in the area. And if five people are saying something is blue and one person is saying it's red, that's when you start going, hang on, well, his intelligence isn't matching up with the intelligence of these other five guys over here. And what you will do, you won't call him out on that. You will get, you will then take things further to find out if that's somebody who's been a double agent. They may have gone back and say, hey, I've been recruited and I'm, they're, they're getting intelligence out of me. So their superiors are sending false information through them to, to, to come to us. So then we have to play a battle of whips to, to to kind of make it look like we know certain things or don't know certain things. And, and yeah, it's, it's a great big game of chess. <laughs> how do you get these guys to, to, sorry, Suzanne, how do you get these guys to uh, trust you then? It can't just be all cocktail parties and nights out drinking. No, no. You're if asking it, them to commit treason, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it was that easy, if it was all cocktail parties, then it, my life would definitely be a lot easier. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, and of course, it depends on where you're operating. Everything will change. Uh, you know, even operating on home turf will be completely different to operating on foreign in foreign countries. And then again, depending upon the country you're in, will depend on on how your approach goes. The the systematic kind of um, method as it were is something called mice or rice uh which stands for money ideology compromise and ego um occasionally when it's called rice the money is replaced with reward uh and compromise have changed recently to coercion i don't know why it's just one of those things i keep sw they switch and change these things all, all the time um and then the, the the last acronym i heard from um from cia was something called sad rats and I can't even remember what the hell it was. It was, it was an acronym which stands for like um, 
you know, source asset deploy, blah blah blah. I, I you know, they have this thing that what so you meant to do. And, yeah, what happened? <laughs> so, but yeah, but the, the the bottom line is, I mean, MI six keep it really really simple. Motivation, access, security. It's as simple as that. What motivates them, and then use that motivator to kind of get them on board. Have they got access to the secrets we want? Uh, and then lastly, security. That's the one that all well, the guys at MI6 ignore. Um, <laughs> they, they don't care whether it's secure or not. It's not. <laughs> it's as simple yeah. as that. You know, it, it's, so they, they just have to do their best to kind of, you know, damage limitation, uh, as it were. What kinds of things have you been asked to get information on? Like, in general, not specifics, obviously, because I know that you're not allowed to talk about certain things. <laughs> yeah. So why would they send you out to get information and intelligence? So it'll all be what what's down to adjusting the political landscape, and they they might send you to say you've got um a, a particular Russian president, and they say look you know we we've spotted something we need you to get next to his advisor or his doctor, and we need to know um yeah there was this thing not so long back where they spotted his walk and they said you know his, his left arm's not moving while his right arm's swinging could this be a medical condition and so so the idea is is you, is you go in uh with with the intention of getting close to the maybe his medical advisor and getting information out of them because if it turns out that he's got some kind of terminal in, illness we have to then look at the political landscape that's going to follow if something happens to him or if he steps down who's going to take his place who are the potential people that are going to take over and how is that going to affect us in you know in our country in in the rest of the world and everything else you know if 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 the good guy gets in is he going to be an ally or if somebody who's a bad character gets in, is that going to be, you know, a, a serious threat to Western civilization? So that's a simplified version. Uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, it, it's a lot of it is down to like kind of the, uh, the information that, that will shape yeah. the political landscape. How many different countries have you been? Oh, different countries. I've actually lost count. Um, Tens of dozens. I, 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 if I sat here, like kind of thing, I was actually going to get one of them scratch off maps once. Have you ever seen those where you yes. can scratch off each and every? I just thought there'd just be a pile of black bits of scratch off stuff on the floor and a, and a big one single colored map with one or two dots left. So I just thought, now, so which I'll leave continents that. have you not been to? Is that a better question? Um, been to all of them, including Antarctica. Uh, oh no, Antarctica! Oh yeah, that that reminds me actually. Um, the uh, I I noticed um, was it last week's show? You did something on the Miami aliens. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There there is a wonderful conspiracy going around um, that the uh, if you reverse the exact global coordinates of them all, it brings you smack bang in the middle of Antarctica. And that was why they reckon the, the aliens made a mistake. So they've flown halfway across the galaxy uh, and the dyslexic aliens have managed to land in the wrong place. <laughs> um, hold the thought about the aliens. I do want to get into conspiracy <laughs> theories with you. We're going to break some news okay. uh, with you, Gavin. You mentioned Intel. We talk about Susan Asher, about Intel and secrets. Is there, you don't have to tell me which one, what, what they are or not, but were there any information in your life or secrets in your life that you gathered that you wish you had not, that you'd be like, oh man, I wish I wasn't the one that they sent to get that information. What am I doing oh, with yeah. this now? Yes, please. Yeah. Something juicy. Um, oh, I, I can't share what it is, but I can tell you there's lots of things, everything from 
information that I've found out to jobs I've been offered that I've turned down because of because of the ramifications of those particular contracts, um, right up to I mean even the training uh, to a degree which teaches you to kind of and and my my dad hates it my dad's a news freak he's got the, he's got the news on all the time and he's constantly keeping up with you know everything that's going on in the world and all the all the headlines um and and I'm completely the opposite because I'm watching the news and I'm going yeah no that's not right uh, and I'm looking, uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you that. Have you ever like been watching it? And he's like, oh, "Can you believe that he's going to?" And you'd be like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. He's going to die tomorrow anyway." Yeah. Oh, you ever yeah. been like that? I've <laughs> had loads of stuff like that. And the worst of it is, it's I because the, the, there are systems that are used. So, um, like you've got different kind of. Um, uh, like uh, here in the UK, MI6 has got this thing called IOPS, which is information operations, and they they kind of work alongside with the news to kind of help guide where we want things to go. And there's lots of there's lots of there's, it's really complicated, but there's lots of things that they try to use to steer the the, the opinions of the masses, whether it's war related, whether it's politics related, and and of course, if you look at a lot of them, they have a lot of similarities. You you can you can see scripts and certain buzzwords and certain. Oh no, yeah. Gavin, you're not helping us with this. <laughs> I know, this I know. <laughs> what you're what you're basically what you're basically making this accusation is that the government is uh, feeding the narrative to the media. Oh, would I say something like that? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> From his lips to Aaron Rodgers' ears. Oh. oh, no. And we just did a whole thing on Aaron Rodgers <laughs> saying that the media is, is feeding a narrative to the people. Well, uh, Aaron Rodgers does some things correct, I guess. Well, look, uh, that, that actually brings me to my next question, which is, have you ever been out on an assignment and you found out some intelligence about the guys that sent you out that was negative about them and then was wondering, you know, what do I do with this information about you know, my own government that is negative or the the VIP that hired me and what, like, what do I do about this? So yes, on some occasions, um, some I've had to deal with personally. Um, the majority of the time it, it's, it, it, it's not always, the, I'm, I'm thinking I've had about five or six different things come to my head uh, at once from when, when I've been hired by private clients to in comparison, when I've been working for the government. So it's, it's kind of, um, they've the all, shot through and, and I've had a brain freeze of, of which is the best one to talk about. So if I start with the private client that I was uh, hired to do a particular job for once, yes, I, I did uh, go down the path of, of completing the job for him. And I won't tell you what it is, but when I was in the middle of it, I found out that there was something a lot more nasty at hand. So I reversed and, and just said, I'm, I'm, I'm out and went another way and actually got the whole thing scrapped for him so i didn't get much in the way of thanks for that um that sounds so <laughs> nebulous and so vague i'm sorry i can't be any more specific with <laughs> no, that that's fine, that's yeah. fine. so Darn. on the other okay. hand i've done jobs for the government and and i've gone out to a particular country and i've done a little task and let's just say um i know what's caused it and then i've come home and then I've watched the news, and then the news is saying something completely different. And I'm thinking, no, no, I know because what I, I, I was, the, <laughs> yeah, I was the guy who made that happen, and they're blaming, you know, so yeah, that happens a lot. Uh, <laughs> and you know, That's Dimitri terrible. and I relate to this as well. In, in our work in the forensic area, you as mm -hmm. a forensic psychiatrist, me as a forensic psychologist, we'll be working on cases, and some of them are high profile. The news, mm -mm. and then we. Same thing. You hear things in the news and you're like, 
it's not really what happened but we can't say mm. Right. Okay. No, no, no. So we just have yeah. to keep hush and just do yeah, our job. And but, but this is making me very sad because it's making the conspiracies sort of come to life. And again, hold that thought. <laughs> you you wrote a book called "How Can How Can You Tell If Someone Is Lying?" Mm -hmm. um, I like to play poker. Tell me, tell me how to figure out if somebody's bluffing. The easiest way is to look for what's not normal for them. So if you've got somebody who normally, um, I mean, this is probably going to be teaching grandmothers to suck eggs, but somebody who gently slides their chips into the table, um, you know, in, in, in one pile, um, and they do this every single time they make place a bet, but then all of a sudden they look at the cars and they just throw their chips in rather than slide them across the table. That is not normal for them. That's That's not their baseline. So if there's a change, you've got to ask yourself why there's a change. So what you're looking for effectively is just change. Anything that is different uh, and abnormal. That's pretty cool. So, pretty simple and pretty cool. That's yeah. Yeah. That, that should be the mental health to... tip of the day, actually. <laughs> that should be. <laughs> the, the mental health gambling tip of the day. <laughs> that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> Gavin <laughs> Stone. <laughs> day um, full. <laughs> your po poker day full of hiccups. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Need I'm, to I'm, shake I have up. to go. Bye. I'm heading over to the <laughs> yeah, I've never heard gambling and mental health in the same sentence being positive. Uh, neither have I. I didn't think that was, I don't want to ever be the uh -oh. one that's quoted no, for not, that. We're not, gonna, we're not doing that. Do not do this. <laughs> no, disclaimer. Not advocating gambling. We're going to put a big disclaimer about gambling. And do not do what I just do. Not do what I should. <laughs> Actually, I forgot to ask you this earlier, but um, you know, I imagine just uh, up and absconding to another country in the middle of the day, you know, uh, must affect your personal relationships. How, mm -hmm. how do you handle these kinds of personal relationships with this job? Alcohol, um, <laughs> lots of meaningless <laughs> sex, um, you know, kind of uh, enjoying. James Bond! <laughs> James Bond! James <laughs> Bond! See, when you said, do they get some of it right? Yeah, there are some bits. Right? Um, I, actually, what, what it's done over the years, it's actually affected my relationships more on the side of, not, not on the, 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 the kind of getting up and going away, but um, one particular occasion, I got into a relationship and I didn't tell her uh, what I did. I just said I worked security. Um, and after a while, it was starting to get serious. So I, I sat her down and said, well, look, you know, this kind of security that you think I'm working isn't really what you what I'm actually doing. It's more national. Um, and so she, she kind of, you know, took it all in. And at the end of it all, she just looked at me and said, so our entire relationship has been a lie. And I said, no, no, not, not, not all of it, just the bit about my job. But it turns out that was enough to kind of annoy her enough to get him and go uh, and never speak to me again. Um, she a spy working for someone else to get to you? Well, I hope not. I think oh. if she was, she... <laughs> we got a think... twist in this, you know. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Are, are you so? Are you are you skeptical of people you meet? Are you yeah. always thinking this is a spy, or does she really like me? Um, uh, more so, more so, like. Uh, this is going to sound crazy, but guys, when you know, if, if you get like kind of you know some some gentleman who's all of a sudden approaching you and starts talking to you, my God goes up and it's like, you know, who are you? What do you want? Why are you here? Um, so, so we could uh, be spying for what you know. Yeah, you could be. Sure. So. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> this totally, this totally incompetent show that can't even get an HD video out on YouTube is a hundred percent a spy organization. That's right. Actually, what a brilliant cover! Yeah, would this get you in trouble? Like, would this appearance could get you in trouble? 
no, so so the only things that I'm kind of limited to what I can talk about really are are specifics. So I can right. tell you about training. I can tell you about kind of countries I've been to. I can tell you about jobs I've done loosely, as long as I don't tell you this particular gentleman was recruited by me in this year and and gave me this secret. And okay. you know, because that, that as long as I don't share the secrets, then the rest of it is pretty yeah. much. Now, at so, one point, the Secret Society tried to ban one of your books, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was that was something that I, so I um I put a Freemason secret in my debut <laughs> fiction novel, um just just to wind them up. Um, and I was hoping that it would make bigger headlines than it did. And I was hoping like kind of to go down the route of Peter Wright of MI5, who in, in the nineties, <laughs> he wrote the book Spycatcher, um, created it in a way that he knew it was going to get banned and it went straight to number one. So I tried to kind of follow his example there. I did exactly the same. I revealed the Freemasons secret in the book, um, hoping that some Freemason somewhere would go, ah, we want to get this banned, uh, which they did. They moved to get it banned. Um, and uh, it was unsuccessful. It's still on the shelves, but it didn't it, it didn't affect book sales as much as, as I'd hoped it would. <laughs> yeah. So here's why I understand. So you, you here with us, you're saying, I'm Gavin Stone. Mm-hmm. My entire life, I've been hired to get some information. How is this not inter- interfering with your with what you do? Like, let's say somebody watched this podcast, and then next month you go to a country, and then you say, "Oh, I'm the new handyman in this building," or whatnot. So, how is this not hurting your your yeah. your work? I, I'm not working in the field at all anymore. Um, okay. I do a bit of consultancy. Um, I'm, I'm doing my books. I, I do one or two courses and that kind of thing where I do a bit of teaching. But as for work, uh, field work, not not so much anymore. Um, so you've um, been compromised. Yeah. We'll call it that. <laughs> Why not? Without saying it. Now, in one of your books about, um, you know, being able to tell if someone's lying, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about the 12 lines. Oh, that was the cold read book. Yeah, yeah cold so, read book. Yeah, elaborate on that. Okay, so that that I, so I'm going to apologize to everybody in advance who ever bought that book because it's it's about forty pages long and, and it was actually part of an experiment. It was part of, part of a split test when I was first started to write to see kind of what works and what doesn't. And so I put a load of different books out there. I tried different titles, different marketing methods, blah blah blah, and that book just went absolutely crazy like just just kept selling and still does to this day just keep selling every single day i go and check and and it's up there on the charts and um it was one of those things that when it came to finishing the test and even though it's dreadful there's typos in it and it's got great big fonts and it's not even formatted properly or anything else I couldn't bring myself to delete it because it's so popular and everybody loves it so much. So I just left it running. Um, but the the 12 lines you mentioned are that they're, they're just stock lines. Mm-hmm. And if ever you've been to anybody who's supposed to be a psychic medium, you'll hear those Barnum statements. They're called because they read like a horoscope. Yeah. Very that's, general yeah. and very blanket statements. Yeah. yeah. That Basically, that's anyone. it. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Um, if, if Dimitri, if you do want to get into the kind of uh, the small talk game, that's perfect for you. Cold read like a spy. Um, there's 12 stock lines in that. And and literally people, you can say them, they sound like they're fitted to that individual and they will go, wow, you can see into my soul. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Is, is there a way that I can tell if I'm talking to a spy? Um. 
if you're a spy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, not not always, no. So it's um, uh, uh, there are ways if if you've got somebody in the same industry where you can ask them particular questions, where you can identify are you one of us, as it were. That's something uh, I definitely can't share. But yes, you you can. There, there are like a secret handshake. No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you have a favorite spy movie that you're like, yeah, that that one's the best, or like a favorite fictional spy? Oh, um, I, I, I think to be honest with you, I like I like the recruit, um, which was very very close a few a few years ago to a lot of a lot of a lot of the reality and the I training was there. Movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I do I do like watching James Bond because I grew up on it, but it's not something I watch. I, I watch it knowing it's entertainment, you know, and, and you've got to suspend <laughs> your beliefs. So. <laughs> Okay. Who should be the next James Bond? Me. <laughs> no, right, there you go. You're putting your hat in the ring. There you go. Yeah, there was no, zero hesitation no. there. Zero hesitation. <laughs> no, I, actually, you'd probably do a pretty good job yourself, Dimitri. Why don't you put yourself right. forward? Uh, I don't think I can do the accent. He's a oh, Russian implant. Yeah, yeah I'm going to practice. Either Russian <laughs> I can practice, but I would love to do it. I, I'm also five foot four, so I don't think that's gonna work. <laughs> no, that's fine. We can, we can give you a big haircut or something. <laughs> Elevator shoes, right? Yeah. What, what is yeah. um? What is the coolest high tech gadget? You said you do have like a Q department. What's mm -hmm. the coolest thing they ever gave you? Oh, um, let me think. What was it? Actually, this was actually while I was working over um, for the Americans. And um, basically, I just had a, a little card, like the credit card type thing. You know, when you go to a hotel and you, you blip the, the card mm -hmm. and the room door up, it was one of them that I just literally open any access card door, whether it was fob, card, whatever, and it would just open oh anything. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, <laughs> they, they made me give it back. Oh. <laughs> I, I tried to tell them I lost it, and they said, oh, "No, you haven't." That's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a cool one. Um, yeah. Okay, a few more things. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, let's do some real reporting here. Okay. Let's let's confirm or debunk some real conspiracy theories here for yeah. us. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Tell us for real. Are are extraterrestrial aliens real? Yes. Okay, for real. Just tell us. I wouldn't have a clue. It's not my department. Oh, come on. Is that jellyfish? Is that jellyfish UFO real? That thing was you over know Iraq. Something. You must know I, something. I, 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 human intelligence gathering, remember? The, uh, human is my speciality. I don't, I, I've never seen okay. an alien uh, department, you know, but if, if ever I do go into any of the, the uh, intelligence agency buildings and see an alien department, then I will, uh, I promise I'll report back I'm going to refer okay. from the question. We're, would you be we're bringing you back. But would you be shocked? <laughs> would you be shocked if aliens were real? Wouldn't be shocked at all. Okay, no, I got the answer. No, I wanted. Okay. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna accept that. <laughs> Wait, as, yes, take that you want. aliens are real. <laughs> Stone has said aliens are real. <laughs> <laughs> With okay. I can see how this is going to end up for me. What else do I say? Aliens are real, and get your mental health through gambling poker. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me, tell me what this is. Have you, have you heard of UVB seventy six? UVP seventy six. No, unless they were a pop group it's, from the seventies, not mine. It's <laughs> it's a Russian uh, number station. Um, this is what it sounds like. Right, it's still live. It's from. It's been running, I think, since the sixties or the fifties, oh, wow. maybe maybe even the forties since World War Two, and it's a number station. 
and it's still running right now. And here's what mm -hmm. it's doing right now. So it's just broadcasting static right now. Wow. But it's also done this in the past. That's it. It just repeats that over and over again. Right. So, what is that? As a guess, and and I'm just going off of some of the work that I've done in the past. That is uh, some kind of a safety net that is going to be there for people working out in the field. That is constant. That is nonstop. Um, so, for example, um, I'll work out uh, in the field on a particular job. Um, if you're in a foreign country, even if you're, you know, depending on where you are, you can't just use a, a, a telephone and, and just call a number and say, hey, I want to speak to the boss. Um, sometimes you have to, there has to be ways of sending covert messages. So uh, to do that, there might be systems like websites that are in place. And these are completely innocent looking websites um, that it could be a dating site. It could be a, a, a pottery making site, whatever. And you just go on it and, and you make an inquiry. You just hit the inquiry form and you make an inquiry. And then you can use veiled speech to, to kind of uh, give a sit rep. Now, on the other hand, um, there might be something that um, I might need information from them. So I will go on to a, say, a weather site. And it'll say Monday and Tuesday is going to be fine, but Wednesday is going to be really, really bad. And that's telling me that Wednesday I need to be out of dodge or I need to get the job done by Wednesday. Or, you know, so the the the, the indications of the weather forecast in a particular area uh, will basically tell me, you know, this is when we're going to do your exfiltration or whatever the case may be. So, so these... Yeah, with yeah, so with that in mind, that this this broadcast station sounds like a way of of having a constant signal that's been going for so many years that nobody takes any notice of it. But if they need to send uh, a blanket lot of information out to operatives in the field, they can adjust one thing, and that one thing will send a message to them to say it's safe to come home, or you need to get back now, or you need to stop what you're doing, or you've been compromised, or whatever the case may be, like an emergency kind of signal that everybody knows the frequency and everybody can get to. Does so these number sense? stations are real. Mm. These are these are real things. Have you interacted with some of these? The closest thing I ever got to I went to have have you heard of the um the Dugo um Dugo uh, radio radio station in Russia? Nope. Oh brilliant. It's um it's like a giant weird looking rectangular aerial and it's kind of well, oh, I, I I can't even imagine how high the damn thing is. Um, but if if you're if you've got me on my Facebook, you can see a photo of me standing next to it. And if if it's this big, I'm like a little dot here, and it goes on for about a mile. Um, there's some fantastic wow. drone footage flying over it. That was the the long distance um kind of sensor, as it were. It's nicknamed the woodpecker. 
and during the Cold War, <laughs> I know, yeah. uh, I'll tell you the reason why in a while, um, but during the Cold War, that was the long-range sensor for nuclear weapons that were being fired uh, from other countries or the US, So um, because they wanted to pick it up straight away so they could react. There's a short range, and the short range would only allow them 30 minutes to respond, and within that 30 minutes, they wouldn't have enough time. So there's basically a guy in a station that has to press a big red but button if that picks up any uh, nuclear weapons being launched. Um, and it interfered with all the local TV and radios. If the wind blew through it, all the local TV and radio stations would get this going on, and that was why it was called the woodpecker, because it sounded like a woodpecker. <laughs> so. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, I'm going to get you out here on two more questions, all right? Okay. Um, you wrote uh, I, uh, you wrote a book, uh, a fiction fictional mm-hmm. spy book, and I heard on well, a podcast that you were on that the first draft of this mm-hmm. book um, you said that one of the things in it was so was so detailed um, that it could have started World War Three. <laughs> yeah. So so let's 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 go viral. Let's do something here. <laughs> give us. Give, let's start a. We're we're one minute from the nuclear clock anyway. From the, the oh, end okay. of uh, from midnight anyway. Let's let's start a war. Let's start World War Three here. Um, um. And let's <laughs> give us something juicy from that draft. Something juicy. Okay. Well, what I will tell you, at, at the particular time in question, there was a, a, a certain prime minister in, in this country, uh, very, uh, um, I'm sure you'll know uh, who it is. I'll, I'll just say, we'll, we'll use the word Tony Hare for now. And if you can't figure <laughs> out who it is from that, then there's something wrong. No um, idea. No, no, no. So um, Tony was uh, involved in certain things when it come to um, invasions in the Middle East. And during my course of of being um, prompted to find out certain information, uh, I inadvertently found out information about him, which then led to it just had a domino effect of it was like tennis. Like, well, I've found that out, and that's because of this. So I went and investigated that, and I went, oh, but that's because of this. And and I was just backwards and forth. I was just gathering more and more and more intelligence till in the end, I kind of gave everything over and just said, this is way above my pay grade now. Um, off you go. And so it kind of goes back to that question earlier when you said, have you ever found out anything that you wish you hadn't? That was just, uh, I just opened a can of worms and, and just handed it over and just said, yeah, you're, you're mess. <laughs> and, and and they buried it probably is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and if I hadn't kept quiet for as long, they'd have probably buried me along with it as well. So <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first. And, and here you are. <laughs> you're still here. So, <laughs> yeah. so if, I, right, if I go well. missing in the next kind of week or two, then, you know, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to be real nervous. Asked that question. I'm going to be looking at my ring camera and being like, "Who's that weird guy with a British accent at my door?" <laughs> Hello, love. We're just here to talk to you. <laughs> See, you couldn't be Bond. There you go. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, so, last question. We're going to get you out on here. Who is your Who is your English Premier League team? Oh, it's such a cultural thing here in the UK. Everybody supports a football team. And I get asked all the time, Gavin, who do you support? And I say, I can barely support myself, never mind a football team. <laughs> so um, so what What I do, I, I was I was born in, in the middle of England in a town called Wolverhampton. Uh, and our oh, local wolves. Yeah, the Wolves, everybody. And that's probably why I'm such a Wolf K 
tail. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a fanatic when it comes to the the animal. Um, so so yeah, I I, I go with the wolves purely by default. Awesome. Okay. I mean, we I we've gone and it's it's been what thirty five minutes or forty five minutes. I I could go another hour and a half with you. <laughs> uh, I've got so many questions, but we're gonna have to cut it off at some point. <laughs> um, so this would probably be the best time. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, when when the conspiracy of the aliens finally is dropped on on the world, I'd love to have you back to no let us know that you knew this all along <laughs> and the department that it was in. Um, I, I uh, this was fantastic. It was great. Well, thank you for having me. It was enjoyable. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> no problem. That was a really cool interview. Gavin Stone is awesome. But it's time for the mental health tip of the day. Day full of hiccups? Need a shake-up? Listen up. It's the Psych Effect Podcast Mental Health Tip of the Day. That was fun, man. Yeah. The mental health tip of the day in 2024 still brought to you by... Nobody. Nobody, nobody yet. But, yes, the Dolphins season is over. And maybe your team is still going on, but ours is not. And yes, as you're the Detroit Lions that, that you're that you have. That's adopted. my new team. Yeah, yeah. As of as of as of of the teams left, that that's probably the one that I I'd want them to win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although I'm not a huge fan of the Pistons or any you of the other be teams. A fan of the Pistons? Is, the is Pistons. A, is a, that's basketball. Is that, no? is that all fan right. of the Pistons I, in the world? <laughs> I get it. I get it. So it's a different sport, but it's the same city. Anyway, we're, we're rambling. Uh, the mental health tip of the day, you know, the dolphin season is over. So what do you do? You're sad. You feel down. Maybe you're a little depressed. You don't want to get out of bed. Well, what do you do? You, you plan things to look forward to. Maybe you plan to see a movie or you plan to go to a concert. You plan a dance class, working out, go see your family, your friends. Plan something to do and it'll give you something to get out of bed for. And that's something that I actually tell patients is if you got nothing to do and you're depressed, there's no reason for you to get out of bed if you're telling me you're not getting out of bed. You got to give yourself a reason to get out of bed and it will help you feel like you can get out of bed. Yeah. Is that what we call future-oriented thinking? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Future-oriented exactly thinking. Exactly what that is. Yeah. Plan to, to root for a team, for example. Now your team's out. I'm playing to root for a different team. Well, right now I have to root for the Steelers because they don't want the Bills to win, but that's moved to tomorrow night. So There you go. So yeah. future plans are now uh, pick another team to root for. Just make a plan for the next day, day by day. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us on this one. This was a long one, but it was a good one. And we're going to keep putting them out. We're going to keep putting out good ones. Uh, like, follow, subscribe. We're on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn. Twitter. Well, oh, yeah, we're individually yeah. on LinkedIn. But yeah, we also on are LinkedIn. on LinkedIn. At Psych Effect Pod. Leave a review. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see Thanks. you in the next one. The previous podcast is for general informational purposes only. 
and represented the individual opinions of Dr. Dimitri Bick, Dr. Stefan de Graff, Dr. Suzanne Mignon, and the guests. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or other professional healthcare services and should not be taken as medical advice or an establishment of standard of care. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.